KBCS is powered by listeners just like you. Support this and other KBCS stories, interviews, and highlights by donating at our website, kbcs.fm. Title 42 expired just one week ago today. Biden's new policy requires most migrants to prove they were denied asylum in a country they passed through en route to the U.S., Since Title 42 ended, the ACLU has sued the Biden administration to attempt to block new restrictions for asylum seekers. Meanwhile, immigrants and asylum seekers are arriving at the border by the thousands each day. The conditions they flee are not going away. Acción Ciudadana is the Guatemalan chapter of Transparency International, an organization that investigates and challenges governmental corruption. Acción Ciudadana's executive director, Manfredo Marroquín, and an investigator for the organization, César Vega, Hi, my name is César. were in Seattle earlier this month, hosted by the organization Global Visionaries. Marroquin and Vega talk about the role of the U.S. in encouraging the current corruption in Guatemala. So first, could you tell me um, the nature of the government corruption in Guatemala and what does it look like at different levels of the government? Well, it's a, it's a systemic and structural corruption. We are calling it a mafia government because that's really what it is. There is an alliance between the economic elite, the politician of the ruling party government, militaries. So many different groups of power got together after we had the experience of CICIC, the Commission Against Impunity, who investigate many of the big corruption of these sectors. So they, they got to spell the commission with the help of Trump administration. And now they join together to defend themselves from the accusations of corruption. And now they are avoiding all the judicial processes against them. And then now they are chasing all the investigators, the judges, the attorneys, the journalists, the activists who uh, contribute to investigate those big cases of corruption. So now, after they are in this stage of taking revenge, now they're trying to legalize corruption, saying that this is okay to do it. What is not okay is you, that you want to end with corruption. So this is really, it's a, a very tragic reality that we are living in Guatemala. How has it been shifting more aggressively over the past, say, 10 years? Just before 2018, we had the right to investigate, to raise our voices, to go come forward with evidence, to present cases, legal cases against the corrupt. But right now, that has changed. We filed 19 legal actions in 2022, right? Because we investigate different corruption cases. None of those 90 cases have advanced because the general attorney office is being used as a political tool, you know, institution in charge of the criminal investigation. Now we're in a state that oppression, more than a few officials stealing money, it is a corruption is more an a social oppression system than 
about money itself. What is the role of the U.S. government in uh, supporting or subverting mm -hmm. government corruption in Guatemala? Until 1916, 17, there was a consensus in Congress, in the U.S. Congress, to support this commission against impunity in Guatemala. And they were doing a, a great job, a job that never happened before in the history of Guatemala, touching the big fish of corruption. But when Trump came to power, all these elite put a basket of money. They contract a lobby firm that was told by the Trump administration to do it. And suddenly, uh, all the consensus and the support, they start to create uh, like fake stories about CC, that CC was managed by Putin. Crazy things that only in the US Congress could be people interested in eating that story could believe it. We expect uh, two years ago that the change of administration in the U.S. will give us more support to stop this mafia. But in real, it's only has been statements, tweets, speeches. They are doing too little to stop them. So that's why immigration is it's, it's blowing not only, well, in this case, in, in Guatemala case, but you have many cases like that in Central America and South America, and that's why the border, South border, is going to explode, because people decide the wisest decision they can take is, let's go out of here, let's go north. And the uh, CC stands for? International Commission Against Impunity in Guatemala. CICIG started in 2008, sponsored by United Nations. And it was uh, functioning with the cooperation, the money, of European countries in the U.S. money. So uh, it was independent because they had uh, investigators from Europe, Canada, U.S., South America, so they have really independence to investigate, something that the local institution never had before because, mm -hmm. because the national powers are too strong and they don't let them do their, work, their job. So when the U.S. stopped to support CICIG, then all these mafia guys said, we succeed. Now we have to retake the control of the country, but this time we're going to take the power seriously. So that's when they start to close all the civic spaces, start to chasing the opposition that yells about corruption. So now the U.S. is not doing enough. We were a very, uh, we expect uh, two years ago, that the change of administration in the U.S. will will give give us more support to to stop this mafia, but uh, in real, it's only has been statements, uh, twitters, speeches, but they don't. They in in, in real in the field. They are doing too little to stop them. So that's why immigration, it's, 
it's, it's blowing. It, not only, well, in this case, in, in Guatemala case, but you have many cases like that in Central America and South America, and that's why the border, South border, is going to explode, because all the people say, well, this country, run by mafia guys, it's, it's never gonna work. So people decide the wisest decision they can take is, let's go out of here, let's go north. Thank you. Um, oh, just a quick follow-up on yeah. something. You were saying um, <clears throat> civic spaces were closed. Uh, could you tell me what that means? It means that, uh, for example, journalists now, are many of them are in exile because they are saying that their investigation, journalist, journalist investigations, are uh, an obstacle to justice. I don't know how that, <laughs> they figure out that, but uh, this is a way they are trying to ac accuse or uh, chase the journalists. Jose Rubén Zamora, the owner of El Periódico, and one of the stronger voices against corruption, he's in prison since July with a, with a made-up case of money laundry, which is not proof by any means, but he's in prison, he probably will be condemned, uh, and because they have all the control of everything, nothing that we can do about it now. So, and in, the, in the international community, the U.S. is just like, we are observing, we are worried, we are uh, really uh, surprised about this, but nothing of that stopped them. But can I just add a little bit more? Um, yeah, for sure. Like, when we talk about the shrinking of civic space, the first thing that comes to, to our minds is, of course, like the case of a journalist and, uh, you know, all the activists. But also, like, in regular basis, regular citizens that are used to collaborate, participate, just to build their local governments, for example, for instance, they're not getting that space. Accessing to public information, Guatemala was a pioneer in the region, you know, releasing public documents just 10 years ago, right? But now it's hard to get information, even though the legislation is there, the institution is there, the know-how has been installed. It goes from the regular citizens who just want better public spending in their community, all the way to the activists or journalists or the you know opposition in Congress, like because that's another deal. Like now, for example, the, the Congress is losing its ability to oversight institution. President is coming forward with legal actions against congressmen that using their legal power to investigate. Tell me about how does this corruption at many different levels impact the law enforcement and the public safety for the general Guatemalan citizen today? We had some advance in some institutions. The reform of the security institutions took 20, 30 years to change the police, to improve it, but all that now has stopped because the corruption is so big coming from the presidency and down. Now the, the, the police, they know that everybody's stealing, so they start stealing also. So 
The boys is, well, that's, this is an open house. We have, we'll have to, to be part of the party of corruption. So the insecurity, it's even worse now. The insecurity issue it hurts a lot the small businesses because they have a lot of extortions. So the people get tired, they say, let's go out of here. And, and they take the decision to go to the States. We have already four million of Guatemalan living in the States. And every day, this is a conservative number, every day 1,000 Guatemalas live with the country trying to reach the U.S. by foot, by, let's say, by whatever means they have uh, every day. So that means in one year, it's, if the year has 365 days, that's uh, a third of a million people every year. And what's the big problem is that nobody's stopping these mafia governments who are making the people's life difficult and impossible to live. So I think the U.S. has a big, big responsibility of letting these governments doing whatever they want. Those four million Guatemalans in the U.S., they send money to their families in Guatemala for an amount of almost 20 billion a year. So everybody's happy in Guatemala because the people spend that money in the same companies that are a lie of the government. So they have more intern spending. The government has less pressure, less demand to change because people is going and they, and, and they are sending money to stabilize the economy. So it's a it's it's a win-win situation for all these powers, but the people is the one who is always suffering the most, because they had to divide their families, living here. Uh, the people over there, uh, I mean, is receiving the money, but that that money is to survive, is not to change really their condition lives, but uh, to feed themselves basically. When you think about insecurity for citizens, you also have to go back to what he said at the beginning, right, when, about the commission, and we, we keep coming, referring back to the commission because TC wasn't just investigating and going forward with cases, but also was developing yeah, capacities in the local agencies, like the general attorney office, the judges. And so those good attorneys, those good judges, independent judges, attorneys are gone, right? So now you have a the attorney office that is more interested in chase down its political enemies or go the government political enemies, and then you have the judiciary body that is more interested in charge for some certain type of rulings rather than bring justice. Security is not about you getting robbed out in the streets. Insecurity is not about the police actually r robbing you. It is about the impunity that allowed corrupt police forces to plant some drugs on you and bring you to the ATM, <laughs> your own car, right? That type of situation. So that's something that we have to think. It is the living in the streets, but actually 
the condition that is enabling that is corruption and impunity in this higher level. You can do whatever you want. Basically, if you're a bad guy, but you can get away with it. It is if you fight back, you're going to face charges. You are part of the corrupt system. You get rewards, right? That's a paradox if you think about that. Like, corruption is preventing people to actually have like a good life in Guatemala. So force them to take that pretty dangerous journey. And Guatemala's come here, work hard, right? Kind of like the attitude. Just to give you an idea, Manfredo mentioned you the $20 billion that they sent in 2022. And our national budget was 15 billion. So they even sent more money than the government budget for a year. So that allows to have like a two variables, the political and the economical variables independent to, its, to each other, right? So they can continue this political system that is ruined because at the end of the day, you know, people, if they don't fulfill their expectation in Guatemala, they flee. They won't try to hold our government accountable. They rather flee the country. With Acción Ciudadana, you have organized with backing from uh, Transparency yeah. International and so forth. But what are people in Guatemala doing? Well, before this alliance that is governed Guatemala, we call it uh, the Pacto de Corruptos, Corrupt Pact. Before they run the country, uh, we were allowed to collaborate with the public institutions because they want to prove their systems or, or their oversight. Or they want to improve the relation with people. But now that doesn't exist anymore. No one institution ha wants to have any touch with uh, civil society organizations. So now what we are doing is trying to reach the normal citizens to empower them. So they have some tools to stop the corruption that is now in place. That's what we are doing, trying to empower normal citizens. So we in Acción Ciudadana, basically, we have three areas, three pillars, if you will. One is strategic litigation, right? So we have a team of lawyers that represent whistleblowers, uh, victims uh, of corruption. And we also litigate based on our own research because that's our second pillar. We do a lot of research on corruption and uh, state of freedom of press, access to public information and so on. But we do a lot of training now. We figure, okay, we need to bring more voices to the fight. What other voices? Because everyone le has left the country, every, every activist, every independent judge, well, citizens who are still here. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're training citizens on how to run small research projects in their community, in their municipal governments. We also are training them on how to use the data gathered during their investigation to advocate for better public spending in their municipalities. We're in our, into our third year doing that, and it's been, you know, giving some positive outcomes because people is willing to engage in their municipal government. What we realize is that people is willing to engage when the outcome of their civic participation is a, new ho a better hospital, a better school, a new road, better water, rather than a, a legal process. We're swifting from this criminal approach of fighting corruption to this kind of like more citizen-based approach, which is 
prevent corruption. Because if they are there, when they decide how to use the budget, well, there won't be need to investigate corruption down the road. But we're working it at the municipal level right now. Also, we have a poll for Ally in Guatemala, which is uh, the political science school of the largest university in the country, actually the largest university in Central America, the Universidad de San Carlos. And it's this university giving them a diploma as social auditors. The official there to try to kind of like push them back, they can say, well, I'm a social auditor, and the university says so, right? So it's kind of like these two strategies. Keep citizens engaged with their communities and their local governments to advocate, collaborate, dialogue with their of, of public officials, and then they don't need to carry your weight, right? It's their university giving them a diploma. And yeah, basically that, that's how we're kind of dealing with that, because it is dangerous. It is dangerous, you know? It's like Manfredo said, political prisoners, people serving in exile. More than 40 people have left on exile anti-corruption activists uh, since 2019. So it's not a joke at that level, you know? How are indigenous communities uh, specifically mobilizing and organizing? Well, Guatemala has the largest population, indigenous population in Latin America. I mean, in terms of of percentage of population, half of the population is indigenous and they have their own culture, language, everything. Indigenous people has been excluded historically from the state. Now they are more into trying to defend their territories from exploitation, from mining, for example. Now they are more aggressive, more active, they are resisting. Uh, they have a vision of resistance that we don't have. So uh, for them, it's like they are trying to foster their ability to deal with the new ways of exploitation that the system is, is trying to extract from the country. So the indigenous community is also at the biggest source that we will have in the future if we are lucky to reconstruct the country because they are a source of culture, they are a source of knowledge, ancient knowledge. I think uh, because they have been excluded, we haven't been able to enrich our country with the participation of, of the indigenous communities. What messages do you have for tourists who may be vacationing in Guatemala? I think tourists, it's, it's a... Um, it's an activity that has been always there for Guatemala. Guatemala has more or less the same tourism numbers since 35 years ago. So it doesn't matter if the country is really politically unstable, people always go. Because it's a very beautiful country that offers a lot of beautiful places a cultural offer, a culinary offer. So it's a very rich country in terms of tourism. So I would say to the, to the tourism, they don't have to stop going to Guatemala. The organized crime and the big groups that do violence, they don't get involved with tourism because they know the impact of that. And probably the Guatemalan authorities won't do 
nothing to investigate a case against a tourism, but uh, the U.S. will be getting involved, so they don't want to touch that. So tourisms are safe in Guatemala, I would say that, and probably they open more their eyes, try to speak more with people, how they feel, try to understand why they go to the States, because they will understand that people don't want to leave the, the country just because they don't like it. They leave because they don't have any opportunity to develop their own life. So I, I would say that they are more uh, open to speak with people so they can understand that this immigration is not that the people want to come invade the U.S. neighborhoods. It's because it's the only, it's the last and the only opportunity they have to change their lives, to save their lives from poverty, from misery. Please keep coming to Guatemala. It's a beautiful place. That's why they go. I'll be aware that Corruption might steal that from even tourists, like for example, La Antigua, which is the main destination in Antigua. Uh, the current mayor there just break all the regulation of housing around Antigua because it's, it, it is a war patrimony, a cultural patrimony. So it has certain zoning restrictions that are gone because then all rich Guatemalans can buy now a house near Antigua, which shouldn't be possible. It was an old town, right? So it's like it's a colonial town. It doesn't have the, the infrastructure to hold that many people. But the corruption is... It can take that away from humanity, not just for Guatemala, but all the tourists that go down there and enjoy that. Same for all the nature, like around Guatemala, these beautiful lakes. Mining projects are about to destroy all that. And why mining projects can open up shop near one of these beautiful rivers? Well, because they have millions of millions of dollars, right? So it's still corruption might take away that from all the tourists that want to go there and have a good time, not just for Guatemala. You know, when you, we lose a river, when we lose a lake, when we lose a, a city like Antigua, such as Antigua, it's not a loss just for Guatemala. That's a hit on everyone in the world that can go out and enjoy those resources that belong to all, every, every people in the globe, actually. Is there anything else you'd like to add? If you're, you have listeners, and most of your listeners are in the Seattle area, they might, may, some people might think that you know, they live in a pretty, like, progressive city and they don't have many of these democratic issues here. But still, there's some other way that they can get involved in fighting for, for democracy because at the end of the day, fighting against corruption is fighting for democracy. And even though you live in a place where maybe your politicians are good, you know, good politicians, they actually represent their interests of the people and so on, there are other places even here in the States where they're not. But still, there's something you can do, you can get involved, holding accountable. So my final message will be, like, get out of your comfort zone and find ways to get involved. That was Cesar Vega, investigator for Acción Ciudadana, and Manfredo Marroquín, executive director for the same organization. Acción Ciudadana is the Guatemalan chapter of Transparency International. They were in Seattle earlier this month to speak at an event hosted by Global Visionaries. Special thanks to Joaquin Wee for help with the story.